there's some distilleries like Westward, Stranahan's and stuff that are set up for single malt. And they've been doing single malt where they're fermenting without the grain on it. But most distilleries that you're going to see popping up there having American single malts aren't going to be made the normal way where you strain the the barley husks off. So because you either need a mash filter or a water ton or something to be able to take the grain out because most places aren't set up to do that. So you're going to have a lot different tasting single malts because of that compared to if you're comparing it to scotch or Irish whiskey. You're going to nerd out on us. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. I should have put my glass down. And sitting that. in for Roberto tonight is Jake from Gold Eagle. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure to be back. I like how you just said Jake from Gold Eagle, so you didn't pronounce his yeah, last I, name wrong. I'm questioning it again. It's Sigelnik. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jake from State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sigelnik. Every every time I Gold think Eagle. I'm going to get it right, I always get it wrong. So yeah. I took the pressure off this time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, tonight we're going to try some American single malts, um, which, Dan, you can probably explain what that actually means. Yeah, it's, it's fairly new designation. We've had the bourbon and whiskey des- or different whiskey designations before, but middle to end of last year is when they released the official definition for American single malt. Which, there's been malts around for a long time, and that's what your scotches and your Irish whiskeys are. But basically what a single, to be considered an American single malt, you have to reach a couple different uh, thresholds to pass. So first of all, it's going to be made of 100% malted barley, which, uh, you know, usually we use that as just an enzyme in our whiskey to get the sugar convert, or get get the starch to sugar conversion. Uh, But now this is just all straight malt. It's got to be mashed, distilled, and matured all in one distillery. So you can't source in a single malt for American single malt. It's got to be, well, you could, as long as it's all done to one distillery. You're just bottling it somewhere else, technically, I believe. They left a loophole in for that. Hmm. Um, But, yeah, they didn't put anything about bottles. It's mashed, distilled, and matured in one distillery. So you could probably buy a finished barrel and... Just bottle it. Yeah, that's interesting because I'm pretty sure scotch includes like the entire process. It has to be, if you're buying scotch from one distillery, you can't bottle it and call it single malt even though you're not blending it. Yeah, it it, has to be designated as a blend if it's sourced at all, right? Right, right. But I mean, I am looking at the official American Single Malt Commission guidelines or rules um that just got recently passed and it doesn't say anything about bottling it sounds american to leave a loophole in the system. <laughs> yeah. uh, like whiskey it's got to be distilled uh at no higher than 160 proof uh it's got to be matured in oak cast not exceeding 700 liters this is america so that is 185 gallons not white um, oak and it's got to be any oak. Oak mm-hmm. casks. Similar to a... Um, and it's, yeah. Doesn't have to be new, any type of oak cask. Um, and then got to be bottled at a minimum of 40, 40% alcohol or 80 proof. So that's what we're starting to see. I mean, there's been a couple, not a lot, but there's been some distilleries in the U.S. that have just been producing single malts for a while. Um but now that there's a special special designation, I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot more single malts, uh, American single malt whiskeys hitting the market here soon. Yeah, there's a I'll lot. A lot of the big name distilleries are uh, starting to distill a lot of single malt. Yeah, is and... Jack Daniels special release this year was a single malt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they also think... came out with the triple mash too, which was a blend yeah. of single malt and bourbon and rye and, uh yellowstone is dropping a single malt mm-hmm. soon yeah i saw that um yeah i, I think high I west really, came out with one yeah high west had their mm-hmm. uh, the high country um, yeah yeah supposedly this year is supposed to be the year of single malts so mm-hmm. yeah i know <laughs> jim beams distilling a lot of single malt oh, um 
we'll probably start to see some stuff from them. Uh, and then there's other places like Stranahan's, which we're drinking right now, which only makes single malt and started making single malt from the start. Which is... Uh, yeah, go ahead. it's... No, I was just going to say it's interesting because when they started, when Shanahan started up and they started distilling, uh, American single malt was definitely not a thing. And nobody, mm-hmm. I, I think part of the reason why they got so hot is people just started drinking it, not even realizing they're drinking single malt instead of bourbon because yeah. uh, you just didn't see any American single malts. And what's interesting about Stranahan's is they actually do use new charred oak uh, like bourbon, so you kind of pick up a lot of sweeter, uh, more fuller-bodied. And if I was tasting this blind, we're tasting 120 proof uh, single barrel right now. I would maybe even think it's some kind of bourbon. Yeah, it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's um, funny because I remember, like, uh, probably over a year ago. Um, talking to somebody i I can't remember what it might have been roberto um and asked about stranahan's and he was like oh it's it's not good like it's not very flavorful um and i wouldn't i wish he was here tonight because i bet he thought it was bourbon yeah i bet (laughs) didn't realize that it was single malt you know Mm -hmm. well and i had had a bottle for a long time i won it in a a golf outing it was a whiskey basket and there was a bottle of gentleman jack and a bottle of stranahan's and i just thought it was a i, I was thinking it was a bourbon for the longest time and whenever i got to the close to the finishing and i'm like wait a minute this doesn't oh, no, say anything about you. bourbon yeah you were the one that, that told yeah, yeah that makes sense stop blaming roberto for being dumb <laughs> it's obviously me um but yeah I, that's that was a yellow label, but I think that was a single barrel because the guy that put that basket together had a lot of had done a lot of barrel picks, I guess, for his company. Um, but that was like my first time ever really trying single malt and not even knowing it. Yeah, I think my first one was the High West one that we did on the show, like probably pretty close to a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the earlier yeah. episodes. Uh, which I I like that one. It's not bad. So what do you guys think about American single malts compared to our normal bourbon and rye whiskeys and things that we're used to? Um, I mean, personally, I believe that there's just kind of a negative connotation about it from most people. And I think that is mostly from uh, just not being educated on what American single malt is and that this is a different category. I mean... We've at the store. We've definitely expanded our American single malt section a lot, probably about like ten times what it was three years ago, and that's also because there's a lot more available now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very hard to talk to a bourbon drinker about American single malt. They, you know, they don't really want to listen and break into another category. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's. It's funny that you say that because that was my exact thought process when I first started seeing them. I was like, why are people trying to pretend to make scotch? Yeah, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's but, the thing, too, is a lot of consumers think that it's going to be peaty just because it's single right. malt. Um, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to about a bottle like this, and they're like, oh, I don't like peat. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, there's there's no peat in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a. I was hesitant uh, to get the high west because I, I figured it was gonna have some sort of smoke flavor to it. Um, but I'm glad that uh, we ended up buying it. I don't remember where I got that though. It might have been Sam's. Yeah, I I'm still coming around, so I'm not even big yet on a lot of Irish and Scotch whiskeys yet. There's a couple I've had that I've found out that I've enjoyed and I've bought some. Um, the Stranahan's I had was okay. I tried, uh, the blue label Stranahan's Jake at your store, uh, when I was, when I was there trying to sell product mm-hmm. one day for fun, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was the Stranahan's reps. So I got to try, try that out and uh, they're fine. I think everyone's got different flavor profiles they like, uh, and single malt, something completely different than if you're used to bourbon or 
rye whiskeys or things like that. Um, I have found a few scotches that I like. I don't think I've found uh, an American whiskey yet or an American single malt yet that's been a home run that I'm like, I need to definitely stock up on these bottles. Uh, but again, it, 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 the palate's developing. It just takes mm-hmm. some time. It's also a lot drier than bourbon. It's, mm-hmm. um, I think that's why a lot of bourbon drinkers tend to stay away too once they taste it because it's definitely not as sweet as corn. Right, but yeah, I like think it. there's a there's a there's just some different flavors and just kind of fun to change it up and taste something different. Yeah, like I, I'm a big fan of rye, and um, I actually prefer like that, like floral cereally kind of taste um to like a, a sweeter bourbon um so i i actually enjoy like irish whiskey and mostly highland scotch um because i i'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of the peat though i did get that talisker uh that you recommended that one day and i, oh, d- I do enjoy collection. that one it's pretty yeah, that's good. good yeah um but uh it's definitely here. something that needs to be acquired <laughs> over time (laughs) yeah yeah and i think that's i mean the same thing with people that are newer into whiskeys too is they think all single malts are going to be peaty not even realizing that irish whiskey is not normally Mm -hmm. peated um american single malts aren't going to be normally peated um i'm sure there's gonna be some that you're going to see out there but we haven't seen them yet uh the one thing with american single malt is you're not going to see anything of age that has a pretty old age statement on it for quite a while um i mean it's, it's a new designation so i mean there's been places that have been doing single malt like stranahan's and things for a while so they'll be farther along with aging on some barrels but when you think of a lot of scotches and a lot of irish whiskeys they're all 10 12 15 18 years plus normally um where a lot of the stuff does Stranahan's have an age statement on it, or is is it? Um, this is a single barrel, so mm-hmm. I'm sure if I reach out to the distillery, they might not be able to tell me, but it doesn't say on here. I don't think they're that gotcha. old, though. I think it. I think it's like in the four to six year range. I was gonna say, I, I think that's what a lot of what we're seeing out of the American single malt. Yeah, because it just hasn't been around years right now. for too long, and I mean the the temperatures here mm-hmm. tend to be warmer and more humid than. Mm-hmm scott scotland and ireland so um you know we get we get more angel share quicker than they do yep and that's part of the thing is too is it won't need to age as long where scotland's and ireland have more of a constant temperature or not the big fluctuation so you're not going to get as much in and out of the barrel year to year which is part of the reason that they age a lot of theirs so long yeah and we have the added bonus of being able to use new charred barrels which you know definitely imparts more flavor than a used bourbon barrel you know that scotch is typically absolutely Mm -hmm. um we were talking about it beforehand but with single malts we're seeing some new things pop up but i thought it was funny today actually that whistle pig announced that they're gonna have a very old uh single single malt hit the store shelves it's Older than the distillery, so it's going to be sourced, obviously. Um, but I also find it funny that it's has a higher retail price than most of the... Like, the first thing I thought of was Red Breast 27 is going to retail for cheaper. The Whistle Pig's going to retail at around $800, yeah. um, which seems to be Whistle Pig's motive anymore, is how much can they charge for a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it'll be interesting to, to see how quickly it goes and what the response is to it. I'm sure it will sell immediately wherever it goes. Yeah. Will it be worth $800? Probably not, but can't, can't knock it till you try it, I guess. Yeah. Right. Do they say, uh, what if it's aged in like sherry or, or finished in sherry or any of that kind of stuff? I skimmed the article very quickly before I sent it to you. Yeah. I I didn't really see (laughs) much details on it when I read through it. Yeah. I was trying to, we were trying to figure out where it came from, uh, where it was sourced from, but we really couldn't find anything there. But, um, I mean, they, they have yeah. contacts in Canada cause that's where they were sourcing their rye from when they started up. Right. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. 
that and a lot of their whiskey was sourced yeah. out of Canada. Yeah, on. most of their stuff still is, but I don't know who in Canada is distilling single malt. Yeah. That's that's the thing is, is there anyone in Canada that's been doing mm-hmm. single malt? Their climate would be, I, it's not, I would say, they, they wouldn't have the temperature extremes that you would in Scotland and Ireland that we have in the Midwest. So I guess that uh, but it's also cooler. answers our question to you can source it and release it and call it single malt. Oh, that they're just calling it single malt. It didn't say oh, okay. American single, single malt. Okay. So I mean, I guess technically malt. it could be from Scotland, right? It could be, yeah. If they're just calling it, it could be, malt, yeah. They just can't call it Scotch. Right. They can't call it American. So. Mm-hmm. So what are you guys drinking tonight? I'll let, we are uh, both actually drinking the Stranahan's single barrel. Uh, when I was out there two years ago. Uh, went out there for a snowboarding trip and popped by the distillery. Cool little place. Did a little tour. Tasted through the line. And uh, I definitely think that the single barrel was my favorite. It's the only offering that they do at Cash Strength. So being a high-proof bourbon drinker, I thought I got a lot more flavor in this one than the mm-hmm. other proof-down offerings. And I think I think the blue one might be in used barrels. It might be the only one that they do used barrels, okay. um, but this one kind of a lot sweeter, a lot more full uh, flavor, fuller body. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you think about it? Someone who's trying it for the first time. Yeah, I mean, uh, very similar takeaways. Um, the high proof, I think, definitely helps bring the flavors out. Um, very, very similar to bourbon flavors. Um, I would say that you you don't get as much sweetness um, or at least it's a different kind of sweet, sweet. Like it's not that corn sweet. Um, right. It, it's kind of like, uh, well, we we just had the old elk tasting at gold Eagle last night. Um, and uh, I can't remember which one, but one of the whiskeys has a really high malt content. Ah, uh, the straight bourbon. Yeah. The, the straight like 35% bourbon. It, malt. It, this kind of reminds me of that, um, mm-hmm. where it's that like cereally kind of like, or almost like, uh, yeah, like bread kind of sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this is a pretty damn good whiskey. Um, I I'm really enjoying it. It sucks that they don't have so Jake, a I... regular cast drink offering. This, I know <laughs> this is really good. Yeah, I mean, they should, but yeah, I guess they only sell them out of the gift shop there. So, Jake, tell us a little bit more about the distillery out there. You've been to a bunch. How does Stranahan's differ from a lot of the Kentucky distilleries? Uh, definitely a lot smaller. Like, it's very crafty. Um, and it's, like, just outside of Denver, kind of in an in industrial park. There's pop shops around it. Um, and uh, we didn't get to see the Rick House. That was, like, two blocks away, I think, from where their main distillery was. But... Um, really nice little gift shop, really nice little bar inside. They do a bunch of cocktails and, uh, they have this one whiskey that is very sought after. I can't think of the name. It's like snow, snow something. Um, I'm gonna have to look that up, but, uh, it's like an annual release that they do. And I guess people line up and it's a big celebration and they had flights of that in the tasting room, which we didn't have time for, unfortunately, but, um, I always like when a distillery offers, their limited options or uh, distillery only products at the distillery. Um, and they actually had a bunch of other different uh, single barrels with like experimental mash bills, or not mash bills, just like uh, barrels, casts, and how they're aging it, different sizes of barrels. Um, so that's something I always look for, and that was cool. Is it the Snowflake? Snowflake, yeah, that's what it is. Mm hmm. But it's, uh, yeah, that's like their big release every year, and it's always some kind of different barrel that they finish it in or how they age it and whatnot. That mm-hmm. probably doesn't leave the state, right? Uh, no, that's only at the distillery, and I, I think yeah. people do, like, line up overnight for it type of thing. Um, yeah. So you haven't gotten to do a barrel pick from there yet, right? No, I'm not sure if they offer picks. Um, oh, okay. One distillery that does, and I really want to do a pick from, is uh, Courage and Conviction, Virginia mm-hmm. Distilling. 
um, they are doing some very, very good things with American Single Malt. Uh, they were actually huge behind the push to legalize the category. And um, their master distiller, uh, I forgot her name, but she studied right under Nancy Fraley, like directly worked with her, um, and uh, is, is just kind of changing the game and paving the way for American Single Malts. And what we did a, were you guys at the master class that we did with them? No, I missed no? that one. Um, yeah, it was like last year. Um, she was actually there at the class and, uh, she would have been perfect to have on the podcast cause she's like, goes super nerdy into all the enzymes and everything like distilling and nosing and all that science stuff that is above my head. Um, <laughs> But they brought a couple different single barrels that were barrel proof and not to knock Stranahan's, but would probably blow this away. Yeah. Just from what I remember tasting. Um, it's expensive. The bottles would retail for like $100, $110. Um, so that's kind of the only thing holding us back right now. But um, kind of glad we got on this podcast because it reminds me I need to reach back out to them and see what they have available <laughs> right now. Yeah, so I want to circle back to to that, um, mm-hmm. but I we actually tried that at a tasting somewhere. Um, uh, a single barrel of them? Are you sure you weren't no, at the it, one that we did? No, it was. It, I think it was at, in Marengo. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Sam's first. They event, those they had there. you know their their normal offering, and then they had the the three bottles that each one was the each finish type. Mm-hmm. So they got the bourbon, I think, was it sherry and cuvee? Yeah, there's a cuvee, there's a cognac, and then the bourbon oh, cask. cognac, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we tried all of those. Um, I really liked the cuvee and the bourbon, and I was not a fan of the cognac finish. Yeah. Um, but I did like the, the full blend. It was actually pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. All right, I think they have a sherry, too. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, that would probably be a good one to do a, a pick on. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, it was like 125 to 130 proof the sample that we tried, and oh, nice. it was like the Stranahan's, but just rich, and it had all the sweetness uh, that you'd want in a single malt pour, like not as sweet as bourbon, but it was a little sweeter than this, and mm-hmm. uh, definitely did not drink like it was that high proof. Nice. Um, so what I wanted to circle back on was uh why is american single malt seemingly so expensive compared to bourbon um because you know we're we're talking about well compared to bourbon and compared to scotch and irish yeah i mean because like you know we're talking about probably in the realm of like four to six years it's not too much different than bourbon um in terms of like your typical age statements um you know you're the cost of barley i can't imagine is so great that uh it warrants you know the this type of it it is higher than corn but yeah i wouldn't think it'd be that much higher to drive the price up that much yeah i mean the only there there's a decent cost in malting and things as well uh, that you don't have when you're spending a lot of like the corn and rye you're not doing anything to it besides grinding it it's you do have to spend some time and effort and money on on malting which does increase the price. But again, you can see a lot of 10-year um, Irish and Scotches for the same price as what you're seeing a four- to six-year American yeah. single malt. Yeah, I think that also, though, has to do with how there's just not as much angel share in Irish and Scotch whiskey. Um, mm. But comparing it back to bourbon, if you're reusing casks, that's mm-hmm. a lot cheaper than buying new casks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's true. It kind um, of levels out the barley that, to corn uh, price difference, right. I think. I'm not a yeah. stiller, but... At least. Mm-hmm. I should pay more attention, because every time I submit a mash, I can see how much we, how much that mash costs <laughs> us. Based off by each ingredient in it, I should pay more attention. That would be um, interesting to know. One, one thing, too, that you're, that's going to be different with a lot of American single malts, um, we talked about this pre-show, and the guys called me a nerd, so <laughs> you're going to get some nerd information is when we do our a lot of our whiskeys here and ferment you cook the mash with the grain in it 
and then you just pump everything from the mash tun into the fermenter so all the grain is still in it and you let it ferment you still it with all the grain you run up through the still like that you get your alcohol off and then you throw everything out it's just a big wet sloppy mess um to do a like an irish and a scottish single malt um since you're using all barley the husk has a bitter flavor to it uh and if you don't take the grain off before you ferment you're going to leave the husks there and it's going to give it a little more bitter taste to it and to do that you need some special equipment now i'm guessing a lot of the american single malt companies are probably set up with that equipment but what you're going to see is a lot of the smaller craft distilleries probably aren't going to take the grain off before they ferment so you're going to have a lot of those bitter notes left in it um, bigger distilleries can easily afford the equipment people that are just doing single malt probably have the equipment but one thing you're probably going to see with a lot of the American single malts that are going to flood the market is they're by a distillery that doesn't have the setup that you would see that's similar to Irish or Scotch whiskey. Just because that stuff uh, costs. The, 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 the uh, machine costs are pretty high for what, what you need to do that with. That's good so, to know. And if you're mainly producing whiskey, you don't need to run it through that machine and then you have a machine worth tens of thousands of dollars just sitting there the majority of the season not doing anything which isn't a great way to run a yeah. business no <laughs> that's a, I'm, I'm looking forward to the yellowstone single malt because um, that'll probably be the first like large-scale distillery kentucky that's distillery. producing producing one you know um yeah first kentucky distillery yeah 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 and like so, you know, yeah. I mean, jack did theirs but like how there's not enough bottles for anyone to really have no <laughs> tried it yeah. so a tennessee yeah but like for so, a yeah. kentucky distillery to put out a single malt i think is pretty a, a pretty big step for american single malt yeah because if you I, go to when you're in kentucky you can't even find any scotch on the shelves anywhere or in any <laughs> bars it's all bourbon yeah but i'm wondering yeah, yellowstone uh, I wonder what their price point will be on the Yellowstone too, because if probably if they uh, undercut everybody, that'll probably be a big yeah. boost to the market overall. Let's see. I was just yeah. I just saw an article about it today. Yeah, I so I actually over the weekend got to do a tasting down here. Um, joined the Sycamore Whiskey Club, and they had an event. Uh, a really nice barbecue joint. It's pretty badass. Old school uh, uh, vintage like lunch boxes and action figures and everything scattered throughout. They had an arcade at this barbecue joint. They sell whiskey. Like they had some. They had a bunch of whiskey to buy, just bottles That's you can go neat. get. Um, so I'm guessing the owners are pretty big whiskey people. And it wasn't like the normal tasting that we're used to that we get spoiled with at Gold Eagle where there was uh we, we had a rep the i think it was the local ambassador for for westward was there but it was more of a you were there to get your own food talk to the people and then you could go up and talk to the to the ambassador and and find out the information and taste test everything um it was for me i had went in uh, only knowing that our master distiller does not like westward's base products <laughs> So I, I went in like, well, we're going to see uh, what what this tastes like. And they had their normal stuff, which I didn't, which is, I wasn't a big fan of their normal release. Then they had a um, Pinot Noir finish cask, which was a, would better, but nothing great. Then there was a stout finish cask, the one I picked which up I thought was pretty decent. I like the stout finish. I've had that. That's really good. I almost bought the stout, uh, and then I tried the cast mm. strength. And I have three bottles of single malt in my house, uh, and two of them are cast strength. So I think I've realized that as I'm getting used to single malt, I like the higher proof, which it's. I'm the same way with whiskey, too. I'm usually 110 to 125 range is where I like to be. Um, yeah, so the Yellowstone is... But go they, ahead, sorry. I was going to say ahead. Yellowstone's 108 proof. I can't find the price anywhere. Um, but it said it should be distributing nationally soon. Um, and then I realized we forgot about Town Branch Distilling, who is in Kentucky and does a lot with uh, high malt bourbon yeah. and single malt whiskey. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, we did this, and then they had a couple barrel picks from a very large liquor store in the Chicagoland area that will go unnamed. <laughs> Rhymes with Finney's. Um, Thank you for not naming. What? <laughs> Got you. Um, and th- those barrel picks were, were decent, Jake. I the, the one I was thought was okay, the one was really good, and I think uh, Jake, you might, Jake R. might yeah, have one of those one barrel on picks. Um, but it's, again, it's a lighter color, um, than what we're used to with whiskey or bourbon. Um, I still get, it was funny because I tried this one right after the stout cask and I thought it's, I thought some of the stout flavors were coming over. Um, and I've, I had some, a couple pours of this today. Um, and I still get like a chocolate covered espresso bean out of it. Um. It's got more of that chocolate. It also tastes like a chocolate oh, malt. I just popped some, the bottle and got smacked with some like dark chocolate. <laughs> you can smell it from here. Um, I'm jealous. It's good. It, the proof on this at cast strength is 125. It doesn't taste anywhere near that that strong. Um, it's it's decent. I wouldn't say it's great. I was there. I wanted to help support the people that that showed up. Um, so I bought one of the six cast strengths they had and probably stopped someone from that really, really wanted it from getting it. But you know what? Get there sooner. That's what I got to say. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's good. It's interesting, but it tastes nothing like uh, the Glen Alecky cast strength that I have from, from uh, that's Speyside too, isn't it, Jake? Uh, yes. I got a Glen Alecky and I got a Glen Roth's. Um, that I both much prefer to this. Um, but something different to, to round out the collection. I don't have, well, I guess I do have a Balcone single malt too that I got a long time ago, which I think I think I actually prefer this to the Balcone single malt. But I, I know I do prefer this to the Balcone yeah, single I, malt. Yeah, I did not like the Balcones. Um, I got like a lot of smoke on the bal- Balcones from what I remember. Um, I wonder if they're... Um, I mean, probably not peating it, but smoking it somehow. Um, well, it's Texas, so all the barbecue grills in the area just, just kind of get yeah. infused <laughs> into the barrel. It also um, ages so fast um, there. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I just realized that they didn't put, and I guess it wouldn't matter one way or the other really, but the majority of the Irish and Scottish distilleries are using pot stills. Um this doesn't say that it has to be a pot still, so you could probably run a massive amount through quickly. Um, I don't know if there's pluses or minuses to that besides mass production. Um, but a lot of the stuff that when you think of smalls, you're thinking of the old style pot still. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if uh, they're using like column stills and stuff like that. Yeah, I would assume it, like, so. I, again, like this. Yeah, Did you get to see what Stranahan's was using. Um, I don't. Yeah, pretty sure it was a comp still. I, I'd have to look back. Jake, at my there's pictures. pot shops. There's pot there shops is. in the area. Jake doesn't. <laughs> um, let me look back at my pictures because I'm sure I would have taken a picture of the still. And if you have the means yeah, to I, do a column, you, you might as well. And if it's not a requirement yeah, to use anything there's, else. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it, it grows and evolves. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, there's probably going to be a lot of shitty single malts that come out, too, <laughs> um, that are American. It's there just... Will be. any like Think of all the really good whiskeys that you have. Or that you had, and there are a lot of them are from distilleries that have been around for a really, really long time, or have a master distiller that have been doing it for a really, really long time because it takes time to learn how to make things that taste good. I mean, we talked about Castle and Key not too long ago. They're having to relearn everything, and they're changing every batch to try and find the one that yeah. works the best and the one that tastes the best. It takes time, so a lot of the stuff when it first comes out, it's not probably not going to be the greatest. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I mean, there's, there's bad bourbons, just like there's bad scotches. Um, so I'm sure there's going to be some questionable single malts. 
Um, there's no uh, age requirement on single malts, is there? Not, not for American single malt in the yeah, designation. which is uh, surprising, uh, considering yeah. almost everything else has some sort of requirement. So it's it's kind of hard to believe a little bit that all these big distilleries that have been making such good bourbon for so long and are known for their bourbon are starting to distill American single malt. Um, but I think that just really shows that how much that they forecast the future um the, the, you know that they actually think American single malt is going to take off and the average drinker is going to start experimenting with it a little bit um, and I did look up Stranahan still as a combination still so a pot still and a column still oh, okay. yeah. um, in one which is pretty cool nice it, I'm guessing, I'm, well, it's probably it's very similar to what we use because we have a hybrid still too yeah that's it's probably the same thing mm-hmm. yeah. it's, a, it, it's interesting to me um because if you look at, yeah, I, I don't remember when we covered this. It was a long time ago now. But uh, we talked about how whiskey, or particularly bourbon, is climbing the ranks of like the top spirit in the world. Um, and actually, I think, recently was unseated by like tequila and mezcal mm-hmm. as number one or number two. Um, but for a very, very long time, scotch was number one. Um, I think was unseated by by bourbon. Um, I have to go back and look, but no, I go, think that's right. Check that like episode like four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably I don't. I, don't uh, I mean, obviously for the U.S., yeah, but I don't know about the yeah, rest of the world. For the U.S., um, bourbon is definitely number one. Yeah. Um, well, actually, this year was the first year that tequila sales passed bourbon yeah, in the U.S. That's right. Yeah. Um, but uh, Scotch has taken a huge dive in the U.S. Right. And so that's what that's... I'm, I'm wondering if this uh, the American single malt push is a play against Scotch. You know, uh, if you're going to take a shot at the king, best not mess. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would think it would only help well, it... Scotch sales though, because when people start enjoying American single malt, they might you know reach for a Scotch once in a while. Yeah. Um, Especially it, something non-peaty if they don't like the the peat. Mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say, but maybe that's the that's the play is when you think of like when and even till not that long ago, if you asked me what a scotch was, I'd say no because it tastes like it's peat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that you have a lot of whiskey drinkers um, that are still gonna think the same thing that all scotch is peated and tastes like a ashtray, um, and not realizing that that's one part of scotland and there's a lot of scotches that aren't peated there's a lot of irishes that are the same um so i wonder if that's maybe they're taking a play of hey we'll go this route because it won't be whatever what everyone thinks they don't like about scotch we're not right. going to have uh, so it's easy to market which could be a reason too yeah yeah but no, it'll it's it's fun. It's something different. I think the downside to me and one of the reasons why I'm staying away as much as possible and trying not to drink too much single malt is it just seems like another money. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's the other that's the that other thing it, too. That's the excuse I get all the time is people say I don't want to get you know all into another spirit and then I'll start collecting that and building a a bar of that. So yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you can't have a bourbon room and then a you single malt You can have a single malt Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just a whole other rabbit hole. And once you really start to get into it and get more into it, you're just going to want to have a bigger selection on hand. And, and, it, and yeah. I mean, it's good. Well, I, I, I like to have a scotch or an Irish on hand just if i'm like not feeling bourbon or rye it's something else to like kind of shake things up you know for like a mm-hmm. night or so um and it, it, almost like a palate cleanser you know <laughs> like yeah if you're like getting tired of of drinking bourbon it's like okay i need to really like shake it up a little bit mm-hmm. uh, a, a good scotch or a good irish whiskey is is a really nice alternative yeah, so I actually like peat, so I have a shelf on my uh, whiskey area that is all peated scotches. Okay. Is, you were telling me you actually prefer scotch to bourbon, right? Um, 
I don't know. I go through phases. I go through phases. I I would I would say two or three years ago I probably would say I preferred Scotch, Um, but you know my job has kind of taken me into the bourbon world and won't let me get out of there. So I'm definitely (laughs) more on the bourbon side now. But uh, I I go through phases where I you know drink Scotch for a couple weeks and then go back to bourbon. So. But only peated scotch. Like, I just sometimes I just crave the peat and the smoke, and the peatier the better. Lafroy, Ardbeg, Lagavulin. Um, and I feel like if I'm drinking not peated scotches, I might as well just be drinking bourbon or American single malt. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny when we talked about tequila taking over um, as the number one spirit. And it's interesting to see the tequila companies changing with the times as well, too. Um, so, like, I, I'm not a huge tequila guy, but one of the first tequilas I ever tried that I liked uh, was Adictivo. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's that's a good tequila. I can drink that straight and not feel like I did in college when I had tequila. Um, but it was, someone brought it into work the other day. It was a tequila I had never had. Um, it was Corazon. But it was finished in Weller barrels, um, and so I was just thinking, like Adictivo now has a whiskey that they make that's aged in tequila barrels, and then you're also sealing. I guess they they have a Weller aged barrel for Corazon. Uh, Corazon yeah, we actually have it. a Corazon. I know they have uh, single barrel aging in one of our Buffalo Trace barrels. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah. I, I've seen. I, I, I looked it up then because I know I, they they must do a lot with Buffalo Trace because they also have tequila aging in Eagle Rare mm-hmm. barrels and yeah, Sazerac owns them. Oh, and that's like that a big tequila sense. brand that they're really trying to push. It. I will say that I that tequila tasted very different from most tequilas that I had that it was finished. And I liked mm. it a lot, um, which I think, unfortunately, that if I go into another spirit, it's probably going to go over to more of the tequila side, which sucks because that gets more expensive. Than <laughs> yeah, but the tequila, like you need something like tequila for when it's 90 degrees in the summertime. You can't be drinking bourbon all day. Yeah. You got to. Oh, it's just when you just put some, <laughs> some uh, mint leaves and some fish <laughs> ice in a glass. It works just fine. Yeah, that well, that was. Uh, and that's fine. You talked me into going to that mezcal tasting, um, which I, uh, I, I kind of just did out of support for the store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was blown away by how good that was. Um, yeah, I was really surprised uh, how much I actually enjoyed it. Um, and like, yeah, I think it, it's a similar misconception with mezcal as uh, the American single malt, where you're expecting it to be smoky. Um, is a, a actually a majority of the mezcals aren't smoked, right? If I'm correct, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and the ones we try, I think one of them was at that tasting. Um, mm-hmm. but it was very very light. Um, and actually like really enhanced the flavors. Um, but yeah, that was that was a. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of the mezcal amras. Yes, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm so pissed that I missed out on that one. Is like the, the Cinco Sentidos one. Um, it was one of the one of the limited ones. It was like the oh Toro. the bottle. Oh, yeah. okay. mm-hmm. I think it was the Toro or or something. Yeah, like Toro. Yeah, that's what it was. We, yeah, we that was my got, favorite by far. We might have gotten more of that. Okay, I'll I'll check next time I'm in. Yeah, let me know because <laughs> I'll I'll give you the discount price from the tasting. But I gotta pick up that Blonde Brothers too. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I was kind of I I was gonna be extremely jealous of your last tasting. Unfortunately, due to some circumstances, Greg Metz mm-hmm. couldn't be there. But got, talk about the old elk tasting because that was wasn't the first one I did, but that was one of the earlier ones that I, we did when we started coming yeah. to all of them. Um, and that's we did that big whole bracket from old elk. But that was one where I was there and we tasted everything, and I said. I thought all their expressions held up very well um, and really made me open my eyes to Old Elk. How did, what was all there? How did you guys, uh, how'd this one go? Really good. Um, yeah, I mean, we tasted a lot of the things that we tasted last time, um, but there were three new things, I think, 
on this one. Um, yeah, and I believe it was like the new version of the Infinity, new version of Sour Mash. Yep. Um, and then uh, yeah. the and then the two that aren't available yet but are coming, uh, which is the Wheaton Rye, and uh, the one that stole the show for me was the Rum Finish Rye, um, which I already. Uh, asked Jake if I could get a case because it's so good. Um, I told Jenna that last night and she got really mad at me. <laughs> no, like I couldn't understand why. Don't worry, we'll um, give you a good price. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like the the whole Old Elk lineup is pretty fantastic um, and very you know, different we, too. Yeah, yeah, not not really. The, the traditional bourbon flavors because um, they they do or Greg experimented a lot with the mash bills um, like we talked about the the straight bourbon has very high malt content um, with the intent of mellowing out the whiskey a lot um, which it does ex- exactly that um, and uh, I think it was intended to be like the, a extremely smooth extremely drinkable whiskey uh which it yeah. definitely accomplishes mm-hmm. um yeah i remember that story where our first time was there is they just wanted something that was easy to drink yeah. at the lodge mm-hmm. on his old elk ranch but yeah, yeah greg uh, coming from mgp uh mm-hmm. you know he's got so much experience with so many different mash bills uh and tasting mm-hmm. all these different mash bills over his 40 plus year career um you know, you, that's, that's experience that you can't, uh, you can't learn from a book. You can't learn from a classroom. That's just, uh, you know, going out there and doing it and him being able to bring that to old elk and use his creativity and what he knows, uh, to create all these different mash bills is very cool. Cause the typical distillery, I mean, look at Buffalo trace, they have three mash bills and 20, 25 different whiskeys. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. old elk kind of take the new school approach and to just distill, differently is very bold and uh you know also very cool to taste yeah the the big benefit of mgp is that there's probably like hundreds if not thousands of mash bills you know that right he's right. gotten to to you know create over the course of his mm-hmm. career there um except for the rye there's one and it's fantastic mm-hmm. <laughs> yep but uh <laughs> yeah it's the uh the the ability to experiment at Old Elk is clearly yielding really cool results. Um, mm-hmm. We tried the the double wheat uh, Masters blends last night, uh, which is Dan's absolute favorite. <laughs> That's a top ten yeah, whiskey. I love that whiskey. Mm-hmm. I'm just a suck. I'm just a sucker better, for the rye. Jake, Jake, do you love that whiskey better than the rye though? Because because there's two people on the podcast that think the the Old Elk rye is better than the double wheat. I like. And I call those people I like idiots. The double wheat better. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. From someone that does this professionally hey. and runs a business hey, there's because no of right, this. There's no it's right on my answer. side. It's whatever you like. <laughs> oh, there is. There is. <laughs> They're completely wrong. Jake and Roberto are completely <laughs> tied, wrong on this. So Thank we you gotta for... have a tiebreaker. <laughs> well, I see two people in the industry that voted for double wheat and two people that have nothing to do with the alcohol industry that don't know what they're talking about. It's very different, though. That's a, that's a I'm hard a... head-to-head battle. Yeah. yeah. It's two that very, was, it was very tough. different pours. Um, I mean, the, the double wheat, I think, smoked everything on that side of the bracket. Um, yeah, that wasn't, there wasn't the, ah, uh, no, it ran into something. It was, it, it, I think it was always three zip, but it ran into something where he debated a little bit. Maybe it was but, the straight wheat. Um, no, because the straight wheat was, was on the opposite side, because straight wheat lost to rye. Yeah, I don't remember um, off the top of my head. A single barrel, maybe? Check, but... I can't remember, but no, uh, it maybe was. Maybe it was your single it, barrel. It's cool. You have to double check. It's. We, we talked about it earlier of, like with American single malts, it's going to take some distilleries a while to get everything dialed in. Uh, but like Old Elk started with one of the distillers who's produced probably one of some of the most alcohol yeah. in U.S. history as, as, their, as their new master distiller. So them getting up and running quick was mm-hmm. a little bit well, easier. But I guess when you have yeah, all the, that otter box money behind you. The went up against the Gold Eagle pick. So I think, I think that's where the debate was. Yeah, the and the double yeah. wheat is just so soft. Again, that's why I like 
in blind tastings, those soft whiskeys usually hold their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, nice. Um, Jake, thanks for joining yeah, us and filling in for Roberto again. Happy to be on here. What's all going on at Gold Eagle? Um, how do you mean? Well, any of the new events? Where can people find Gold um, Eagle? So Gold Eagle is 255 Peterson Road in Libertyville. Uh, find us on Instagram at Gold Eagle Wine, Facebook at Gold Eagle Wine or Gold Eagle Spirits. Um, Gold Eagle Wine and Spirits, I believe. Okay, I that awesome. Be safe. You know better than me. Um, <laughs> download our app on the Apple Store or Google Play Store. Uh, you can see our whole inventory and shop online, and then we hold your online orders, and we are actually going to start shipping soon, hopefully, um, to other states and within Illinois. Um, we do a lot of tasting events, live tasting events, usually on Tuesday nights. Um, we've got a really, really good rum and uh, cognac tasting next Tuesday. And then, speaking of single malt, we're going to be releasing a Kilhoman single barrel that we picked um, and doing a tasting with them on the 21st of March uh, to release that barrel. And those tickets aren't even up yet, but they will be up soon. Um, cool. So if you're a single malt fan, definitely check that out. But, yeah. All right, am I stuck doing nice. our socials then? <laughs> Jake, you're stuck doing everything here. I'm not... I, I'm, I'm the guy that leads everybody into it. I don't do any work after the lead. Uh, you can find us at Bourbon Matters on Instagram. Uh, search for Bourbon Matters on Facebook. Uh, Bourbon Matters on YouTube. Uh, like, rate, subscribe. Hit the notification bell on whatever platform. Uh, leave a review. Leave comments. Um, all that stuff helps. Um, and you can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts awesome well single malts was a little bit different sidestep for us tonight something new something intriguing yeah. we'll see how it grows and develops but it was fun to do yeah. i mean there's a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of promising things uh even though it's a little limited right now um but we should be seeing a lot in the next few years i think yeah nice all right yep. cheers guys cheers guys thanks <laughs>